Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. After All These Years by Layla Harrison on Gossamer. Rating Explicit. Chapter 7 Scully. I hung up with my mother and went back upstairs, back to our bedroom. Joe was sitting up in bed, the lights still on. It was obvious that he was waiting for me. The tension in my stomach grew. I knew that I couldn't keep the truth from him any more than I had kept it from Mulder. Dana, I want to know what is going on. You were cold to Mulder. I thought you two were such close friends, he said, as I got into bed. We were, I answered. Were you crying just now, he asked, turning my face to his so he could look at me directly. Yes, I answered, but I'm okay. Did talking to your mother help at all? Yes. I didn't know how to speak. My words were coming out in monosyllables. I hated what this was going to do to Joe. It would tear him apart. Things just seem so strained between you and Mulder tonight. Is there something else going on I should know about? The dread rose up in me, and I turned in bed to look at Joe. It's about Fox, I said, trying to begin somewhere that made some sense. Sweetheart, you haven't mentioned his name in years. I know, Joe, but you must know I still have feelings for him. Joe nodded his head. I was hoping that in time you would come to love me more fully, and that Fox would just be a distant memory. I swallowed hard. This was going to be so painful for him to hear. But what does this have to do with Mulder, he asked. Before I could answer, his brow wrinkled in deep thought. Wait a minute. Mulder. The man with no first name. Fox Mulder, he guessed. And I nodded. Joe didn't speak. He got out of bed and got dressed swiftly. Where are you going? Out, he answered coldly. You lied to me, Dana. Wait, I thought. There had to be a chance for me to tell him what had happened. Joe, please, I can explain this, I said, desperate to stop him. Please let me explain. I'm not sure I'm ready to hear it. He turned around. I will tell you one thing, Dana. If he thinks he can walk in here and say that he wants you back and that he wants Samantha, he can. He can say whatever he wants, but I will be damned if I'm going to let the last five years of my life go down the drain. I felt my tears beginning again. Joe, that's not what he wants. I don't even know if you've been sitting around waiting for him to come find you someday and take you and Sam away. No, no, that's not true at all. You're a wonderful husband and father, I cried. But you're still not over him, he accused, mocking my words. If you think I'm going to just step aside and say, hey, go ahead, Fox Mulder, take my wife, take my daughter, then you are wrong, Dana, dead wrong. And Sam is my daughter. She may not be my blood, but I raised her from the moment she was born. Oh, God, I cried. This can't be happening. But it was. And Joe walked out of the room and out of the house. Mulder. Sometime after 2.30, as I was lying in bed, staring at the ceiling, unable to sleep, 
I heard the soft ringing of my cell phone from where I had stashed it in my jacket under all my clothes. I got up and answered it. It was likely someone from the bureau wondering where the hell I am, I thought. Mulder. Mulder, it's me. Scully. How long had it been since she had said that when I had picked up the phone? She was obviously crying. Mulder. Scully, what is it? I asked, suddenly concerned. She sounded terrible. Not just as if she was crying, but as if she was, I don't know, somehow dying inside. Scully? He left. He hates me. You both hate me for what I've done, and I deserve it. Her voice was very far away. Did he do something to you, Scully, I asked, suddenly gripped by fear. If he had laid one finger on her, so help me God. No, she cried. I don't even know why I called you. Scully, I said very softly. I don't hate you. I am just trying to come to terms with what you told me. What happened when you left? How I have felt over the last five years has just suddenly sprung out of the box I've been keeping it in. And as I said it, I knew it was true. I didn't hate her. I had realized why she was so afraid to tell me that she was pregnant. Look how I had acted in the office that day. It was no excuse for her to not at least talk to me, but at least I understood her reaction a little better. Yes, I was angry at her, and I was justified in feeling that way. My anger, though, had only been so strong because of how strong the love I had felt for her was. I don't hate you, I repeated into the phone. I hurt you. I hurt Joe. I lied to both of you. I couldn't deny that. It was true. Yes, Scully, you did. There was a long silence punctuated only by a few sobs from her end of the phone. Do you still have the necklace, she asked out of the blue? Yes, I answered, touching the cross unconsciously as I spoke. I still have it. I love you, Mulder, she whispered. I never stopped loving you. I never stopped missing you. Not one day went by that I didn't miss you. The tenderness in her voice made me ache for her, ache in a way I thought I had forgotten or buried so deeply that I wasn't able to feel it anymore. But I still had it. I still loved her so much. I felt tears in my eyes. What had happened? For five years, we hadn't seen each other. But somehow, the feeling that had grown between us over the four years that we had known each other had not diminished in strength or in magnitude. From the sound of Scully's voice, I knew that nothing in her heart had changed over the last five years. Her life had definitely changed, and she had likely had to shut off her feelings, feelings for me, feelings about her past. I knew she was so good at shutting those feelings off. For the years we hadn't worked together before we had become lovers, I knew that she had a separate part of herself reserved for the fear, for the loneliness. She had never shown that part of herself to me until we had crossed the line and become lovers. I had known about that side of her, even witnessed tiny pieces of it, but I had never truly known her completely until she had let down all of her barriers and let me in. Mulder, she whispered my name and I closed my eyes. It was as if it were five years ago and she were beside me, as if none of it had ever happened. Mulder. I opened my eyes, but it was five years later. 
I had no concept of her life now, with the exception of the fact that I now knew about the web of deception that she had woven to protect me, to protect Joe, to protect our daughter. The more I thought about it, the more I knew that it wasn't meant to protect any of us at all. It was meant to protect her, to keep her from having to face her own fears of commitment, of loving someone and being afraid to lose someone. I understood suddenly why she had married Joe. In a way, it was for convenience sake. It was to provide Samantha and herself a good home, love, financial, and emotional support. Samantha, our daughter. I inwardly winced at the fact that I didn't know anything about her. She had approached me as I was about to walk out of Scully's house, her auburn hair still damp from her bath. Her eyes, the same shade as mine, were shining. Why do you call my mommy Scully? She had asked me. And I was unable to answer, unable to even look at her. I didn't know her. I hadn't raised her. She was mine, and yet she wasn't. Scully, I said to her on the phone, what are you going to do? Using the you very deliberately. I couldn't get her out of this. She had to do it herself. I don't know. She was calming down. Her tears had slowed. I don't know, Mulder. I wish I could just take Samantha and leave here. Leave all of it behind. The memories, the pain of hiding everything for so long. Then come back to D.C., I asked. No, just to leave. To get away from everything. To get away from Joe. From you. Her voice held pain. Old pain. My stomach turned. I had just found her. I was not going to let her disappear again. Not with my daughter. Scully, you know you can't do that, I told her firmly. You can't just leave. I don't know what else to do, Mulder. I've screwed everything up for everyone. Maybe it would be the best thing for everyone involved. Just like it was for the best when you left me five years ago? I closed my jaw tightly. It had come out much harsher than I meant for it to. She didn't answer. Scully, I'm sorry, I said, meaning it. I have to go, she said suddenly. Warning bells were going off in my head. Alarm bells ringing loudly. Something in her voice had changed. Something bad was going to happen. She was going to... Oh, no, I thought, not again. She was going to run. No, Scully, don't hang up. Wait. I love you, Mulder. My head was spinning. It was like an instant replay of what had happened five years ago. I would never get to see her again. Never hold her again. No, I told myself. No. She had already hung up the phone. Damn, I swore aloud. I didn't know her number. I jumped up from bed and began to throw my clothes on. I was mentally trying to decide which would be faster, if I should drive to Connecticut or fly. I called the airline as I dressed. They had a red-eye flight leaving Dulles in 45 minutes. It would arrive in Westchester at 6.45 a.m. The flight was just under an hour. I could rent a car in New York and drive up to Greenwich in 15 minutes. Hold that seat for me, I instructed the airline reservation operator. I'm with the FBI. I have to be on that flight. I gave her my badge number and scribbled a quick note to Mrs. Scully, instructing her to get on the first flight to Westchester when she awoke. Then I slipped out of the house and into the early morning blackness, racing to Dulles Airport as fast as I could. Mulder. As I was pulling into Scully's driveway, I noticed that her car wasn't there. I peeked into the garage, praying that I would see it there. The garage was empty. I tried the door, 
Locked. Fuck. I pounded the door. Scully. Joe's car pulled in alongside mine. What's going on, he asked. Gain out of the car. She's gone, I said shortly, trying to hide my concern. She's taken Sam. How do you know that, he asked indignantly, unlocking the door. He was obviously very angry at me. Dana, he called into the house. There was no reply. I followed him inside. Dana, he called again. I bolted up the staircase, opening the first door I saw, Dana and Joe's room. The bed was still unmade. Feeling as if I were invading, I backed out of the room. Next door, Sam's room. The room was, in a word, incredible. The walls were painted a soft blue color, and what must have been a professional artist had painted an entire celestial heaven on the ceiling. The curtains were white and wispy, covering the window but still allowing the morning sun to stream in. It was obvious that Scully had been the mastermind behind the decorations. Sam's bed was in one corner. The covers were pulled back. I checked the drawers, trying to determine how much was missing. I had no idea what clothes she had in the first place. It was no use. I could hear Joe still calling Scully's name from downstairs. I went back down to meet him in the front hallway. She's gone, I repeated. She took Sam. They're gone. We have to find them. We have to find him, he echoed. Since when do you take such an interest, he asked. I'll find her. She likely just went for a drive with Sam. I'm sure she's fine. I have a very strong interest, I told him venomously. Sam is my daughter. Dana is my wife, he replied in the same tone. And as far as I'm concerned, Sam is your daughter by blood only. I raised that little girl after you. After I what? I shouted at him. What did Dana tell you? That I abandoned her when she needed me most? I didn't even know she was pregnant when she left. She left me a note. Damn it. She never even told me goodbye. He paled considerably. Obviously one more thing he hadn't known about. I lowered my voice. She hurt me so deeply that I thought I could never love anyone again. I haven't loved anyone since. I haven't let anyone get close to me since. It was a painful admission, particularly because I hardly knew this man. We have to find her, he said, nodding his head. I calmed at the use of the word we. Do you have any idea where she would have gone? Friends in this area? Places she'd like to go? His face clouded in thought, then his eyes lit up. What? Shippen. There's a beach there that she likes to go to, to think. Where is it, I asked. Stamford, the next town north of here. It's not far. Let's go, I said. I'll drive. Joe and I made the drive in silence. Every few minutes, he would speak to give directions. Take a left here, turn right. I was lost in my thoughts. All I could think of was Scully and Sam, our daughter. How to make all of this right again. And without warning, I was drawn back to the past, to the things she and I had said and done. Little snippets of conversation, events, free-flowed through my mind. You're the only one I trust. Mulder, I wouldn't put myself on the line for anyone but you. Hearing her sigh as we first kissed. Seeing the look on her face the first time we made love. As we sink back into the bed in her apartment, our bodies touching each other for the first time, with no barriers. How her eyes shone. I love you, Mulder. Right over there. Park over there. We'll have to walk the rest of the way. Joe interrupted me out of my reverie. I parked the car and we both sprinted across the gas. 
Then across a small footbridge, the sun was now fully up, and it was shining brightly over Long Island Sound. It was cold enough for me to see my breath as I followed Joe at a brisk jog. At the water's edge, there were rocks, large rocks, for what seemed like a stretch of miles and miles. I could see why Scully liked to come out here. It was peaceful. I scanned the rocks quickly. I saw the red of her hair before I actually saw her. There she is, I cried, pointing. Joe and I broke into a run at the same time. Dana, he yelled. I grabbed his arm. Don't startle her. I didn't know what her emotional state would be. Joe ignored me, pulled his arm from mine, and began to run faster. I struggled to keep up with him. I saw Scully fully now. Sitting on one of the rocks, Sam cradled under one arm, apparently asleep. They were both wearing heavy coats, and Sam was wrapped in a long scarf. Dana, he yelled again. We were about 50 feet from her. Scully turned her head at the sound of Joe's voice. She jumped, and I knew what was going to happen just as it actually occurred. She scrambled to her feet, pulling Sam up with her, trying to take her in her arms and climb up the rocks to run from us, or to us, I don't know. But Sam slipped from her grasp and fell. I heard the crack as her head hit the rocks, although I was told later that from the distance I was at, I couldn't have possibly heard it. Panic filled me as I watched her tiny body slide down the rock and into the water. Sam! Scully screamed, terrified. Adrenaline pumping through my veins, I overtook Joe and ran to the rocks, climbing over them to reach Scully before he did. She clutched at my coat, her eyes wide and frozen with terror. Mulder. I pulled from her and jumped into the water immediately. I didn't know how deep or cold it was. The icy blasts of the water temperature hit me as soon as I hit the water. All I could see was the tiny body, floating face down in the water. The hood of her coat had come off. The auburn hair made redder from the blood. Her thick coat filling with water and beginning to pull her down under the surface. I reached for her. She was within arm's grasp. I missed the water was just up to my chest. I struggled to get closer, but the weight of my coat filling with water was holding me back. Damn it, I swore to myself. She's just a few feet away. I've got to get to her. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>